0: Hello, I'm Rachel Lyman, and we want to welcome you to our 2023 Interfaith Connection podcast. This is a Spiritual Life Center monthly podcast dedicated to the exploration of faith traditions that promote love. Rev. Dave Lyman is my partner in marriage and also my senior minister partner for our Interfaith Explorers organization. We're both so excited to be starting our third year of podcasts on this grand adventure. Our goal this year is to explore and make new friends at faith communities in the greater Sacramento region where interfaith continues to grow. We also wanna encourage your feedback as you participate in interfaith events and field trips, read our newsletter and listen to our monthly podcast. So as we say each year, buckle up and get ready for the exciting year ahead. Good morning and welcome to 2024 Interfaith Connection Podcast. This our uh, Dave and I are starting our fourth year and we're so excited to be doing that. And today, we're going to take a look at a faith tradition It was born in 1889, but today it's still very little, it's little known to many people. So we want to explore the birth and information about the Unity Faith, its churches, Unity Village, where its ministers are trained and ordained. We want to discuss the origin of our church, Spiritual Life Center, which is an interfaith-based Unity Church here in Sacramento. And give you an idea of the scope of the Unity Faith. So, Rev Dave, good morning.
1: Good morning, my love. It's so nice to be here putting this Interfaith Connection podcast.
0: So, we're going to let
1: go ahead, dear.
0: I interrupted you. What were you going to say, dear?
1: Putting together our 2024 vision. And we're going to start off talking about unity. Charles and Myrtle Fillmore were a typical couple. She was a school teacher. And at a point, she had a health challenge around tuberculosis. Now, in that period of time in the region they were in, there were a number of people called new thought thinkers. They actually moved away from the God with the thunderbolt waiting to tear you apart if you did something wrong, to the possibility of a loving God, a God that took us and built us in his magnificence. Myrtle was going to go to a lecture because she had developed tuberculosis and was having deteriorating health. Her husband went with her. And during that lecture, he was frankly, blown away by the techniques that were shared at that lecture. I could look up the lecture, but that's not as important as the fact that he took it from there, went back with his wife, and decided that this was a movement that should be shared. Now, Charles was a salesman. So when he found something good, he wanted to tell everybody about it. So they started holding meetings where groups of people would gather together and share this wondrous thought of manifesting and healing. In 1893, four four short years after they'd started gathering together, the Chicago World's Fair happened. In 1893, there were a number of different visions for that fair, each tackling a different subject. The one that really related to us and to touch touched Charles and Myrtle was the Parliament of World Religions. And from that, it would find the, a young man in India who was a Swami who was enlightened, who spoke with an English accent, who wandered through India and gave talks to larger and larger groups of people until finally someone said to him, you need to go to America and talk at this parliament. He actually did not have a ticket. He had to find a teacher at Harvard who sponsored him. But came that fateful day, Charles and Myrtle were in the audience. So when Swami Vivekananda, on his second speech, got up and looked out amongst the audience and said, Good morning, my brothers and sisters. And thus was born a relationship of spirit crossing faith traditions, crossing East and West. Charles was so impressed that he actually took some of the teachings of the Swami and made them part of the five basics that we will talk about later in this thing. This thing called podcast.
0: So David... Dave, excuse me. Can you give our listeners an idea? Uh, I understand that was the very first Parliament of World Religions. What, what was that like? I mean, how many religions were there? Do you have an idea of that? Or
1: I think it was in the six or seven thousand, in terms of people. But there weren't. It wasn't a huge amount of religions, Rachel, which made the impact of a religion coming from India so big. Most of it was groups in terms of lutherans and protestants and all those kinds of things and so charles walked away from that with a lot of enlightenment and a lot of power and a lot of information
0: that's a pretty spectacular story so we we have we have a probably i think a, Over 300 churches, and I'll mention that later in in the United States, unity churches. But if Charles Fillmore were here today, would he, um, if you were to walk into a unity church, would he find, uh, let's say a unity church in Los Angeles, would he find something similar here in Sacramento? Are the churches kind of uh, their services and what they do uh, similar? or? How did that play out?
1: There would be a hodgepodge, Rachel. As you and I have traveled across the United States, we have been to many services. We went to a service in Unity of Birmingham, Alabama. Their church is actually the mansion of Emily Cady, who wrote Lessons in Truth. And it is very Jesus-based, Very, very conservative. Not so much in thought, because it still carries all the thoughts that Charles brought, but in terms of sticking close to the five precepts. Now, one of the interesting sidesteps is not only are all the churches different, but they arise as blooming where they are planted. Charles was a salesman. One of the things he did was, because there was such a strong belief in affirmative prayer, they started a prayer program called Silent Unity. And right from the beginning, in the early 1900s, people would make prayer requests. And it was not uncommon for someone to be home on a Saturday And there's a knock at the door, and there stands Myrtle Fillmore to pray with you. Can you imagine that, Rachel?
0: That would be pretty spectacular.
1: And that silent unity is still praying over 100 years later, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It also includes the Daily Word, which is a booklet of daily affirmative prayers. And that has been going on for about eight, 108 or nine years. And that particular silent unity book is one of the most published books in the world.
0: So I think that the uh, Daily Word is something you could find in just about every unity church. A lot of times they incorporate the Daily Word into their services as well. And we've found that, in fact, we've actually been participants in that. We've so,
1: also, Go ahead, Rachel.
0: Well, I was going to go on to the next uh, item about a unity symbol, but did you have well, something I, else? I wasn't done. Oh, okay. Sorry. First of all, um, in
1: terms of the final thing, is being a salesman, he also did things like the radio was being birthed in the country. And Charles, never doing anything one-half way, bought a radio station with 50,000 watts, which is huge, in Kansas City. What he didn't realize is the night programs would bounce off the ozone and kind of center in Nigeria. So that when they first visited Nigeria some 20 years later, there were enough people who were Unities that they started three or four churches right away. So, Rachel, what about wings?
0: Yeah, I I when I, we're you know we've been in Unity. You've been in a <clears throat> Unity longer than I have, but I I did research on the a Unity symbol. Is there a Unity symbol like many faith traditions have a symbol, and when you see that. You know exactly uh, what the church is all about, and I think for unity, um, it's it's an interesting. <laughs> it was an interesting exploration, and what I found was that um, Charles Fillmore wrote an article in 1923 in in a publication called the Winged Globe, and so um, they took the symbol of wings uh, and used that. And, and Charles said, as man develops spiritual consciousness, he attains the realization of the soul as the wings of the body. So the wings has actually been, a, been used a long time to represent unity <clears throat> uh, because wings represent also freedom, spirituality, safety, and, and actually the wings originated in Egyptian and Chaldean cultures as a winged sun disc. So it also represented divinity, protection, healing, and uh, like Charles said, the picked up on the wings of the soul uh, from the body. So it's, it's been uh, a constant reminder that spirit does energize the soul and allows us to rise above our earthly lives. And what's fascinating too, unity people are very unique because even though this is a kind of a standardized symbol, you'll find different versions of it, uh, hundreds of different versions of this winged uh, image in churches, in the unity churches. So it's not just you see a cross, you know. Well, actually, a Christian cross has many versions as well. So, uh, I thought that was pretty fascinating.
1: So, Rachel, um, why don't you describe when we say Unity Worldwide Ministries, what are we talking about physically?
0: Well, you and I were lucky enough to to go there, and it's in Kansas City, Missouri. It's on. Uh, Where a, are we going? I, I'm sorry. Where are we going? We're going to Worldwide at Unity Village Worldwide Ministries in Kansas City, Missouri.
1: There you go. And
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna let you uh, tell the story about how that all came about. But I I'm just gonna share our story since we were there uh, when um, our Reverends Michael and Faith Moran were both being honored, and we were actually uh, asked to help guide a group to there and and uh, we had some extraordinary experiences as well. But I'm gonna let you, uh, I'll go backtrack and let you um, tell us a little bit about Charles Fillmore and how this Unity Village all came together.
1: So uh, the Unity participants in the movement, and and I do wanna stress that Charles felt it was a movement, not a faith tradition. We're meeting in town uh, in Kansas City, and Lee Summon was a a little small town off the main line. Charles found a wonderful property with with a huge campus, a big property of land. He came to the board in the monthly meeting and said, we need to buy this. The board as a group said this is a time of depression and recession, people don't have money. We really need to pull our belts tight and not spend money right now. Charles essentially said, it's one of our basic tenets: What we manifest shows up. That is waiting for us. And I say in the life of being a full unity-principled leader. It is our job to buy this property now. And they did. At Unity Village, there are ministerial classes, services, ceremonies, events. They have a website called www.unity.org. In that website, it'll give you a full history of the Unity Movement and Unity Village.
0: And I remember uh, it was it was a beautiful property, kind of Spanish motif, uh, buildings, and they had what they called a prayer room, and and it was a small room. So you walk inside, and they're only like maybe, I I my memory is a little shaky, but maybe. A half a dozen chairs in there, and and then a uh, like a little altar at the end, very yeah, small. That's
1: the Peace Chapel.
0: It's a Peace Chapel, and I remember walking in there, and you could just feel the the uh, spiritual uh, energy in there from all the prayers that have been said since that started it was just a, a totally amazing experience and then in our group we were all staying at this uh there's a big hotel there on the property
1: named so, spiritual life center by the way
0: yeah from spiritual life center and we decided we were going to walk there's a labyrinth right outside on the grounds so we're all going to go out at night and walk the labyrinth with candles i think we had probably votive candles And when we got out there, it was all cloudy. Uh, The sky, you couldn't see the night sky at all. It was cloudy. But as we all started walking the labyrinth, the clouds dissipated. And you could see all the stars. And in Missouri, they have uh, uh, fireflies, I think they're called. I may be wrong on that. But they're little bugs that light up. And it was just the most mystical uh, experience that we all had. And we just uh, were in awe of that. So it was like sp- spirit speaking to us. <laughs> and in all of this,
1: there is a belief system and five basic tenets. So let me do the belief system. And Rachel, you could do the five principles. Okay. Unity believes in one power and one presence. God, good, omnipotent. We see God as love, wisdom, and divine mind. We honor all spiritual practices and the diversity of paths leading to enlightenment. We believe that we are born blessed, and through meditation, affirmation, and prayer, we remember this truth. Through the mind, uh, law of mind, action, we activate our good, creating harmony and unity in our lives and in our world, every moment of every day.
0: Thank you, Dave. And so the five basic unity principles, um, I will, I'm will. i gonna mention them with a little uh, uh, phraseology after, but, and then I found in my research, uh, an area that uh, gave an elaborate and further explanations of these five principles. So I'll do the five principles if you can do the explanations after. So uh, principle number one, God is good. God is absolute good and everywhere present. That's the the only one power, one presence active in the universe and in my life, God, the good omnipotent. God is the source and creator of all, and there is no other enduring power. The second principle is, people are inherently good. Since humans are made in the image of God, they have a spark of divinity within them and therefore are good as well. Our essence is of God, therefore we are inherently good. And this God essence was fully expressed in Jesus, the Christ, and we're spiritual beings creating this image. The third uh, tenet, is the principle is the thoughts we have create our experiences. Well, human beings create their experiences by the activity of their thinking. Everything in the man- in the manifest realm has its beginning in thoughts. So we are what we call co-creators with God creating reality through thoughts held in our mind. And it's kind of similar to positive thinking, where if you think positive thoughts, positive things will happen. And the reverse is also true. The fourth principle is prayer, affirmations, and meditation is how we connect to God. So prayer is creative thinking that heightens the connection with God and therefore brings forth Wisdom, healing, prosperity, and everything good. And through affirmative prayer and meditation, we connect with God and bring out the good in our lives. And it's not, uh, we can't just have all of these wonderful thoughts. The fifth principle is action is needed. So now that we know and understand the laws of life, also called truth, it's not enough. A person has to live the truth that he or she knows. And that means through your thoughts, your words and actions, you have to live in the truth uh, knowledge of these spiritual principles. So Dave, can you now elaborate and give some further explanations of these five principles?
1: Not much. You covered pretty much everything, Rachel, though I will say, The first two principles take a step beyond what people were looking at back in the mid 1800s, which that God is actually good, that we are born in magnificence, not in sin. The third principle just states, "Hey, what you think is what's going to happen." Fourth is the importance of prayer, and prayer prayer works. It is the most active and powerful communication with God directly. And finally, the fifth principle says, you can't just sit and talk. You can't just sit and say, well, that's how that is. You have to live it. You have to take action. You have to come down off the gazebo and uh, the Shares
0: totally. on the side. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and and I, I think that's all very good. I wanted to go back to the second principle because there was a, a phrase that that I found in the research, that unity principles because we believe God is good and people are inherently good, that we're born inherently whole and good. Uh, this thought is actually contrary to a lot of Christian religions that state that people are born into sin. So unity has a more positive viewpoint toward humanity, which is actually refreshing to many people.
1: Yeah, and that's what I had said earlier when I said unity took that step away from a God with a thunderbolt and said God was a loving, caring God.
0: That's true.
1: Because each, as we know, mansion, that mansion on the hill has... A lot of different doors, and each people, each person, each advocate, each, dis- each disciple, each apostle, has its own entrance into that place. And we hold true to all of them that are love-based. Now, let me talk about how we ended up here.
0: Yeah, well, I I think it's okay if we talk about our own church, spiritual life okay. center. Okay,
1: what did you want? What did you want
0: to
1: say? You? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm talking over here. I'm going to be quiet.
0: No, what were you going to talk about, honey?
1: I was going to talk about spiritual life center, huh?
0: Yeah, that's, that's me too. Yeah, because uh, we're we're from a, a Unity Church, and and this is a. We're not proselytizing and giving you this information. We're just giving you information about unity, and um, everyone uh, chooses to believe what they want to or not. So, yeah, I, I would. You, you've been in unity a long time, and you know the history of how our particular church uh, came into being. So, would you tell us about that? Sure, I'd love to.
1: Faith Moran was a school teacher at a Unity church up in the Northwest. There was a young man hanging around named Michael, and she wasn't quite sure about him. But she did have a couple of dates with him. One of their dates, they went to a river near the town they lived in. And as they sat there on this fall afternoon, they shared. Michael says, "What is it that you would would want?" And you know, we've talked about that we that you're interested in uh, ministry. What would that be? She and Faith said, "I want a church where anyone can worship, where a Muslim can go to his service, or a Jew can go to their service, and then come to ours." And Michael looked at her with a smile on his face and said, I want the same thing. From that, grew their philosophy and approach of a loving God, of a God that respects and holds the truth of all, of seeing the divine in each other. And as they went through their different aspects, they eventually were pulled back to the Sacramento area after leaving the city for a while. When they were pulled back, they found that there were a number of people who wanted them to start a church. Michael had another couple visions, possibilities, and no matter what he brought up, Faith said, no, Michael, We're going to Sacramento. So came the day that they were going to talk about it with a group of people. They sat in front of the Safeway where they were going to pick up some things for the barbecue. And Michael and Faith sat in their car. In their rental. And prayed for a sign. So that there was no doubt. They were to be in Sacramento. They walked into the Safeway. And as they walked down one of the aisles, a woman came running up in an athletic suit. And essentially said, Michael, and faith, that's so good to see you. Tell me you're here to start a church. Michael said, well, I'm not sure. But she said, oh, I hope so. There are so many of us waiting for you. And then she ran off. They never saw her again, and neither of them knew who she was from before. But they took that as their sign. And now some 25 years later, Spiritual Life Center has been spreading its truth near and far. Near and far. Reverend Michael and Faith Moran have a wondrous story. And there is a book called By Divine Appointment that you can find about on the webpage. Please give SLC's website. Yes. What? Uh, well, SLC's website
0: is www s l c and uh suzanne joy livingston wrote that book by divine appointment that talks about michael and faith's journey and she told me it's uh it just costs ten dollars so when you go on the website get their phone number and you can call and make arrangements to buy one of the one of those books read it read it for yourself it's a wonderful book So, Dave, um, our church, I just want, if you go on SLC's website, I just want to read a couple things that you'll find. And their vision statement is, Spiritual Life Center is a loving, vibrant family that welcomes home all people and accepts everyone, no exceptions. Weaving ancient spiritual traditions with emerging wisdom we cultivate a spiritual deepening with the divine each other and the planet and their mission statement is to transform lives to make a positive difference in the world as we love serve and remember and then you can find out a lot a lot more about <coughs> our church and all its events activities and the groups and spiritual growth opportunities uh, it's a very vibrant church, so we welcome you to do that. So I found out also that there are 339 unity churches in the United States as of 2024, which doesn't sound like a lot, and and it probably isn't compared to other faith traditions who have probably thousands of temples and synagogues and, and churches, but um, Dave, you've uh, as an interfaith minister have spoken in a lot of them
1: and and Rachel let's not let's not name them but just no. I've I've spoken to a lot of different congregations across the western United States
0: right. so, as a minister uh interfaith minister do you have any statement you'd like to make about that
1: yeah I was just going to get ready to do that. Um, As a minister, each of the congregation has a separate flavor, but all have the flavor of the divine, all have the flavor of the five basic principles, all have the flavor of connection, and in that, it makes for a wondrous gathering, each community in its own way as they move forward in different ways. We have that obvious opportunity to get different flavors by attending different congregations. Sacramento is a wealth of different unity churches. And we ask that you stretch your arms, find some of those places zoom gives us a great opportunity to attend many many services live streaming and because of that it gives us the opportunity to learn those different flavors spiritual growth is a very personal thing it is up to us to spiritually grow in our own way with our personal connection with god And here in Sacramento, there are more opportunities than anywhere. The one thing to do is to keep moving. Do not stop in your curiosity and your approach. For unity is ever present. I think I'm starting to preach a little so i'm going to turn it back to you rachel
0: okay but i so we're gonna close this podcast and first of all dave i want to thank rev davin reverend dave lyman you are an interfaith minister if people don't know that already and um i want to thank you so much for adding such um depth to this podcast on unity because you knew so much about historical not only historical information on unity but the stories of the birth of unity and the birth of our own unity church, which uh, to me adds uh, such a wonderful flavor to this podcast. So I just want our listeners to know that everything mentioned in this podcast, I'm going to have, I already prepared a page of links, which will be in our February newsletter uh, to many uh, of our unity churches in, in the area, in the region, uh, and also, uh, our own church and, our uh, worldwide unity and ever other things that we mentioned. And, uh, if you, it will be in our interfaith explorers, um, page. If you go on to interfaith, uh, SLC's website, www.slcworld.org and, um, hit the connect button and scroll down interfaith explorers on our page, you'll find a link and you can actually get a copy of sign up for our newsletter, which has a lot of information for you. So we thank you for listening today. And in the next few months, we'll be interviewing some spiritual leaders from the Sacramento region and California, and also explore some other faith traditions. So we always say that if you have suggestions or feedback for our podcast, please send me your, an email uh, to my personal email at rachel24 at surewest.net. And until then, keep building those bridges of understanding and peace. Namaste. Thank you for joining us today to explore a deeper understanding of our interfaith look at the world. This 2023 podcast will be aired the fourth Thursday of the month on Spiritual Life Center's website, slcworld.org under Interfaith Connection Podcasts. You can also listen to our previous 24 plus podcasts at this same location. And we want to hear from you. So send us your comments, questions, or suggestions to me. That's Rachel Lyman at rachel24 at surewest.net. That's r-a-c-h-e-l-2-4 at s-u-r-e-w-e-s-t dot net. And let us remember as we go along our different paths that Gandhi once said, a peaceful exploration of all faiths is our sacred duty. Namaste.